The Amanda Wagner Podcast is the place to eavesdrop and participate in conversations about making choices around how you spend your time, who you surround yourself with, and figuring out what you want to be known for. This is a place to talk about the challenges of bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically, and finding a way to be known for something that matters. In this two-part episode, we discuss how we can play the long game of productivity, we share our techniques and strategies to stay focused, and share what advice we've heard and doesn't work for us. And we provide a few ways to consider how to use your time and offer an explanation as to why time seems to slip away. And in WWAWD, Megan has a question about getting suckered into doing tasks outside of her role at work and how to say no to those without damaging her reputation. I'm very much looking forward to that question. That might be a case of, take my advice, I'm not using it. (laughs) If you have found yourself spiraling with a to-do list that never seems to end, and while you know you've worked all day, you don't seem to have anything to show for it, join the club. You feel like you're spinning your wheels and that every item you cross off your to-do list is followed by the list growing by three or four more things. Chances are you're listening to this podcast and bouncing between tabs on your computer, and editing a photo for Instagram stories, and adding items to your grocery list, to a post-it note on your desk or a note in your iPhone. When this happens, you find yourself sliding into old habits. And for me, that means letting my inbox or other people guide my day instead of setting out a plan. I've been there, and I'm sure LP has been there. And interestingly, at the time of this recording, I am here. I'm here right now. I've given over my time to my to-do list. Instead of prioritizing what actually needs to get done and doing the task in a set amount of time. In the last month, I have been behaving this way and acting like I don't have control over my time, over my schedule, or how I plan my days. In behaving like this, I'm realizing that by answering every email and by letting requests from others guide my day and relying on that dopamine hit of a new email that might be a quick win, I'm playing a really short game and I am on my way to burnout. I don't want to play the short game anymore. I do want to take productivity off the pedestal and I don't want to measure my day on the size of my inbox. And if I'm at inbox zero, instead, I want to work more efficiently give time, real attention to how I design my day and become a master of prioritizing and really assessing what is going to move the needle for me, my business, and my clients. Because let's be honest, you can't change the world if you can't make time to do it. Doing something that matters requires time protection and self-preservation. And self-preservation is impossible when you give yourself away to your inbox. LP, what is your experience of feeling overwhelmed or playing the short game of productivity? Oh, I have definitely been there. I am there often. I, I, I think I like to think of myself as a pretty productive person, but I really struggled with this. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. When I moved out of the traditional nine to five work office environment and into working for myself, I felt an immense amount of pressure and guilt if I finished my tasks for the day at two o'clock. And it took me a while to realize that working more hours doesn't make you a more productive person. And I've really had to put that in my brain. And it's, 
AW, it's incredible. I saw this meme twice this morning. I saw it once on Instagram and I saw it once on LinkedIn. Love a good meme. It's a pie chart and it's the artist on Instagram. Instagram is at Liz and Molly and it's a pie chart and it's a circle that says what I thought would make me productive, hard work. What actually makes me productive is exercise, hard work, time off, sleep, and healthy eating. And it's a little pie chart. I've seen it twice this morning. So it's like the internet gods knew we were talking about this today. Amen. And how brilliant is that? Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful breakdown. And it's something that I've really needed to think about over the last little bit. So I am better with this mindset now. You know, sometimes I work until six. Sometimes I call it a day at noon. And for someone who has always, quote unquote, followed the rules, it was a bit of a strange mindset to get into. But now that I've recognized that time spent doesn't equal productivity, I'm better for it. That being said, you asked about feeling overwhelmed. I have a career of constant interruptions. My job is to answer the notifications. So I tend to feel overwhelmed some days when I have a client and their posts are blowing up or we release a podcast and people are really responding to it and there's lots of comments that need to be addressed, but I'm not getting other parts of my work done. So sometimes I feel overwhelmed on those days. Now I have notifications turned off. If I didn't, my battery on my phone would die in like an hour, (laughs) (laughs) but I still check in so often to make sure I'm not missing anything. So that overwhelmed feeling definitely can creep in some days if I'm not taking steps to make sure that I don't hit that point. What I love about what you're saying is that even things that are quote unquote really positive, we, I mean, let me be honest, we love podcast release day. And when people are in the comments and they DM and they, they tag us, there is nothing better than that feeling. So even though it's something that is actually really good and does validate what we're doing and helps us keep going, it can still be overwhelming. And that goes back to a conversation that we had very early in the podcast, opposing thoughts can coexist. I can love getting DMs and messages and comments and still be overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. Especially like when I think of it from customer service angle, people want answers and they want them fast, right? So I have a really tough time with the mindset of, I will answer those comments once I'm done this task. I'm more like, let me drop this task so I can go answer those comments. So it's, it's all about just managing that so I don't hit that point of being overwhelmed, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. I feel exactly the same way. That's the dopamine hit that I get of getting a new email. Even recording this episode, I intentionally closed my inbox tabs because at any point I have three inboxes open. I have the compliment, I have the Amanda Wagner, and I have my personal one because God knows I need that Gap coupon. Um, And I had to like close and I hovered over the button being like, but what if something really juicy comes in and I miss it? And so there's this like email FOMO that happens that I am desperate to break and have broken it before. So I, for me, that means going back to basics. I have three primary strategies that I go back to. The first two, we're going to share this episode. And then in part two, we're going to talk about the third one and hear a little bit more from LP on what she does. But first, let's talk about some things that haven't worked. In the last couple weeks of feeling this way, I started listening to other people's podcasts 
on how to reclaim your time. One of the ones was how to make more time for working on your business instead of in your business. And that particular podcast is somebody that, that has some great advice. She's got a great voice, but one of the pieces of advice made me actually pause and go, no, 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 hang on a second. She can't be saying what I think she's saying. The, the lead in was I'm going to give you a technique that's going to give you 80 hours a month back. It's going to give you 80 hours a month of time to work on your business. And How great does that sound? <laughs> right? I think about that. I'm like 80 hours a month. That's an extra 20 hours a week. What is this magic pill that she has? What is this strategy? I like, she's got me. I am listening to this podcast and I am so in ready to do whatever it says until she says, wake up two hours earlier every single day. No. Thank you. Let's just go back to this pie chart here. The answer to finding more time is not sleeping less. Not for me. I've said it before uh, in our episode about platitudes and passion that I do not want to be the type of person who works 80 hours a week. I am not a good person when I get there. I am not easy to be around. I am cranky to my partner. I don't like myself at that point. And my work is not so valuable that I can't sleep. And so that piece of advice was really to me, not about finding time in your workday. It was all about working more. And I am not here to work 80 hours a week and be completely exhausted. Liz, what is some of the advice that you have heard about productivity and time management that is a straight up hell no? Something that I've heard a couple of times, whether it's been in PD days that I've attended or in podcasts, is avoid multitasking. It's said that the brain is incapable of multitasking, which, sure, I get that, but I, that's impossible. <laughs> at least, I don't know, in my field of work, I feel like if I was a surgeon, I could focus on one thing at a time. Like, I'm doing the surgery, I'm focusing on the surgery. I can't just do one task for what I do. I tried one day to just do one thing at a time. And it, it was just, I had a, a backlog of stuff to do by the end of the day. So in theory, I think the idea of avoiding multitasking is really nice. It doesn't work for me, man. I wish it did, but that is something that it just sounds so wonderful, but I've tried to implement it and it's, it's not for me. I like to believe that I'm a good solo tasker. I am of the belief system that humans aren't great multitaskers, but I also think that there's something to be said for figuring out what needs your full attention, but what needs smaller pieces of your attention. So for example, I can cook dinner and listen to a podcast at the same time, right? So it's not like I'm doing high level, intense thinking tasks that require my full brain. I can quickly respond to an Instagram message and jump back into writing a podcast script without a lot of recovery time needed in between. But if I'm doing something like writing a big proposal for a client or I'm writing my TED talk, those are pieces of work that I'm not willing to take any interruptions. And so that beautifully leads into the first technique for me that is my tried and true ride or die, go back to no matter what, when things are really, really hard. Uh, drum roll, please. Number one, the Pomodoro technique. And we are not just talking about the most beautiful tomato pasta sauce. 
The Pomodoro Technique was created to help people organize their work, eliminate distractions, and create more free time. And it doesn't require getting up two hours earlier and filling those two hours with a bunch of work. The premise of the Pomodoro Method is this. You set a timer for 25 minutes to work on a specific task. During this time, you are capital F focused. Your phone is on airplane mode. The other tabs in your browser are closed. You aren't snacking. And there's a clear indicator to others around you that you are in work mode. So even if you are working in an office with other people or in a space where people can see you in a co-working setting, there is some type of signal that says, I am head down in this. After those 25 minutes, the next five minutes are yours. Check your Instagram, make a snack, go for a coffee, have a mini dance party, leave the space that you're working in, do whatever you want to do in those five minutes. It doesn't sound like very much time for some people. And so there are people that I work with who use this technique but make slight alterations. So for example, I know somebody that will work for 45 minutes and then take a 15 minute break every hour. It lets her get some movement in her body. It lets her stand up, take a real break. So whatever that proportion is for you, what matters is that in that focused time, you set your own objectives. You decide what has to get done and you focus on one thing. As you become a master of Pomodoros and of your time, you'll be in a position to actually assess how many Pomodoros or chunks of 25 minutes will it take to complete a, spe a specific objective or task. For example, I set aside two Pomodoros to write the objectives and script specific elements of this episode. I sat down and thought, I think it's gonna take me about an hour. So let me set up two 25 minute time slots. I hunker down for 25 minutes, take a five minute break, I get my coffee, I talk to my partner, I pet the cat, I come back, that 25 minute timer starts again. Liz, have you ever used this method? I don't know if I have like formally set a timer and dedicated a certain amount of time. I think that I have promised myself, okay, sit down, hammer this out, be efficient, get, get it done, and then you can go watch an episode of whatever. <laughs> like that's my reward. The Real Housewives of Orange County. I don't watch that series. Sorry. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with watching that series or its associated franchises. I was not there. there I was not judging. So I haven't done the, the specific technique. I am interested in it. I think that it would work well for me. I like incentives. So I like the promise of the five minute break or the 15 minute break once I've powered through this, this Pomodoro. So I think that it could be really cool. I've just never dedicated the, the specifics of it. I would love for you to try it with something that you're working on. And I've written into the script here, if you are just getting started or thinking about trying Pomodoros for the first time, I suggest using them for two areas. The number one place that I use Pomodoros is for tasks I am dreading. When there are things that I don't want to do, I can almost trick my brain into saying, it's only 25 minutes. Just sit down, get it done, and then you get your break. I get down to business for those 25 uncomfortable minutes, and then I get it done. The second strategy that I recommend using Pomodoros for for the first time is inbox management. 
So whether that is your email inbox or your Instagram, Facebook message, whatever it is, sit down, get as far as you can in 25 minutes and be done. I know people who dedicate one Pomodoro a day to email, they get as far as they can and then it's done. They do not look at their inbox again for the rest of their day. And that's a strategy that I'm having to consider using because I am so in the weeds of letting my inbox guide my day. And I really imagine a life where I spend those 25 minutes working and then I close it and I don't look at it again. I work really well in the mornings. So 9 a.m. to noon is kind of my best time. And I know that after four o'clock, I'm completely useless. So what's happened is I open my inbox first thing in the morning and I let it guide my day. And I don't want to give my most valuable work hours and brain work time to my inbox. So I'm looking at shuffling that to after lunch in the afternoon. Let me spend 25 minutes in my inbox and then be done. I have emailed back and forth with someone before. She actually has it in her email signature that she doesn't answer emails until noon or something, which I thought was a really great thing. I knew what to expect from her. I thought that was a really great approach to put it right in her email signature. So I knew when to expect a response from her. I think that's fantastic. And it's absolutely something that I think I should actually adopt because it is magical. The result of setting expectations because other people follow suit. Not only are they better at respecting the boundaries that you set, but they know them and they're less likely to push them. There are fewer opportunities for disappointment if you know what to expect. So the second strategy that I use and what I go back to when I'm feeling overwhelmed and like I'm in the weeds follows directly from the Pomodoro technique. And that is this handy dandy little planner called the productivity planner. The big idea here, and I will give you a heads up, this productivity planner is around 30 Canadian dollars. So by my math, approximately five American dollars. Good math. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I used to be a math teacher. The idea of the productivity planner when you open it up, the first, I want to say 20 to 30 pages is all about the method. And it's a little bit overwhelming at first, and you don't have to read it every time, but definitely worth a read. And the idea of the productivity planner, their big question is, if I only complete this one thing today, will I be satisfied with myself and my day? Instead of having a to-do list of 10 or more items and by the end of the day, only being able to recount what you did as I did six of the 10 things, start focusing on fewer items to begin with. Bonus points, the productivity planner also encourages the use of the Pomodoro technique. So before you even start getting down to business, you do an assessment of your tasks and estimate how long you think they will take you. So often I fall into the trap of making a giant list. And one thing that I've used is I've stopped writing to-do lists and instead I write lists called on my mind. This is something I recommend with my strategy clients when they're feeling overwhelmed and they're not sleeping or their brains are buzzing all the time and they know they have good ideas but don't know when or how to get them out. I say, just write on a piece of paper on my mind, let's get everything out. The magic is that the on my mind list doesn't have to translate into a to-do list. Instead, it gets everything that's in your head out on paper, and then you can pick and choose what that actually looks like. 
So in the productivity planner, the first section of the day has these like top two or three things of like, if these are the only things I get done, I will be happy. Then it has a section for two or three more things where you can say, if and only if I finish the tasks above, will I attempt these? And at the end of the day, it asks for a reflection. You actually get to track how many Pomodoros did you think it was going to take and how many did it actually take? The thing for me that continues to be proven is that when I use the Pomodoro method, I am freaking blown away by how much I can do in 25 minutes. A task that I would think would take me two hours, I can actually get done in 45 minutes if I sit down and focus and don't have the pings and the new emails and all the distractions. I can get a lot of work done in a small amount of time. So instead of mindlessly writing down your tasks and starting at the top and seeing how far you get, you get a much better idea of what you can actually get done in a day. And you start your day like that instead of finishing and going, hey, what did I get done today? It's really clear. How does the productivity planner sound to you, Liz? I think it would work for me for if I'm planning on cleaning the house like one Saturday and I'm doing like a bunch of chores and I would feel accomplished if I got like these two or three big things done. I don't know if the productivity planner necessarily works with my work just because I have little things to do for clients all day long that have to get, have to get done. So I don't necessarily know if it would work for that, but I can see how it would fit into different parts of my life. So not necessarily the paid work, but the labor of cleaning the kitchen or whatever, that sort of thing. I really think that would work for me. For sure. And let me be clear. I don't use the productivity planner every single day. I use it on days when I have to get a proposal out to a client. That requires my focused work. I have to write a newsletter that requires distraction-free focused work. So it's not for the tiny little tasks because you're right, those often happen automatically. I really started using it where after too many days in a row, I would say, what did I actually do today? Or Robin would ask, how was your day? And I'd stop and go, I don't really know because I was just doing the thing instead of giving any thought to what I was doing and how I was moving the needle. And that is a big eye-opener for me when I realize what a short game I'm playing and I'm not actually making big changes in my life or in my business. For me, the productivity planner helps me sleep at night. Even if I don't use all the methods it suggests, and sometimes I slack on the weekly reflection piece because like I said, I don't use it every day of every week. And brilliantly, it's not dated. So it's the type of planner that maybe it has space for three months, but you can extend it over six if you're not using it all the time. I know that when I go back to this planner, at the end of the day, I'm proud of myself and what I've accomplished. These are the number one tips that I come back to and things that I need to start implementing right away. The reason that we're splitting this episode into two parts is because I want you to give you some time to think, to digest, to actually think about how you might incorporate these things into your day. And so in our next episode, I'm going to deep dive a little bit into how and why our time seems to slip away from us and how we can use the Pomodoro technique or the productivity planner or other tips and tricks that you've tried to help you reclaim your day and to make your time your own instead of giving it away. Liz, is there anything you'd like to add before we pause 
part one, just give it some thought and, and think about how you're prioritizing your time, how you're considering self-preservation on a day-to-day basis. The tips that we're offering here might not work for everybody, but hopefully there's a nugget of something that gets you thinking about how you can change things to make you happier and more efficient in what you're doing for your work or after work or with your families or whatever it is that you're attempting to accomplish every single day. Uh, and yeah, this was just one half. We have much more to cover in part two, which will be out on Friday. So, um, so stay tuned for that and please join the conversation on Instagram. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this episode brings up, how many other people are feeling overwhelmed or feeling dread at certain tasks or are multitasking at such an intense level that they're just spinning their wheels and can't get anything done. So stay tuned. On Friday, we will release part two of this episode with some more ideas, as well as our regular segment, WWAWD. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on the internet. Stay tuned for part two on Friday.